Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this next episode of Ethical Property Partners' Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast. My name is Frank Flegg. I am the founder of Ethical Property Partners, and I have now been investing since 2006. I used to think I was quite new in property. I'm starting to think I'm a bit more experienced in property. I have done quite a lot of investing in a relatively short period of time. I properly got going in 2009, did 26 transactions in 2009. And then since then I've done a fair few myself each year and have supported my clients and EPP partners to do a fair few each year as well. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you the highlights of a session I did with our partners yesterday. So we spent best part of half a day yesterday looking at the likely economic environment over the next two years and how that is going to impact positively and negatively on the different strategies that we are employing to invest in property. A bit like disc profiles, personality profiling, I think it's really important to realise that there is no good time to invest in property and no bad time to invest in property. There's no good personality profile and there's no bad personality profile. They are just different. And that that might strike you as a bit of a weird thing to say, you know, surely if prices are low, that's a good time to buy. And surely if prices are high, it's a good time to sell. And surely if you own property, it's bad if interest rates are high and your mortgages are high or etc. But but <laughs> In my, what's that, 16 years of experience now, that isn't that much in property, by the way, but in that 16 years, I don't think any of it's good or bad because for every good thing, and we saw this yesterday in the session, there's a bad thing. So if interest rates are high, that means you're paying more interest to the bank. We saw a 0.75% rise in interest rates just a couple of weeks ago and so all my mortgages all my variable mortgages are now going to cost me more each month and you might think oh that's terrible you know your profits have gone down frank but actually those high interest rates are because we've got really high inflation and that really high inflation has meant that over the last few years my rents have been going up incredibly quickly and so where you have one where there's a negative on one side there's a positive on the other the other thing to consider and we had this yesterday with one of our brand new members been on board for two months i did some coaching in the room uh, which i i really enjoy doing actually i do it quite often with uh, our partners where we'll just spend 10 or 15 minutes with one partner and really go into depth sometimes a bit longer sometimes it's like an hour an hour and a half with this particular um, member, she's trying out the, the partnership. She was very open, very honest, very vulnerable. And I pulled up her business plan, her 12-month business plan that we write with every single partner when they, uh, sorry, every single member when they come on board. So it's the goals they want to achieve in the next 12 months in property that we agree are achievable for them. The strategies they're going to use, the investment strategies they're going to use to achieve those goals. And then it's the marketing that they need to to do them. And we break the goals down into five, five areas, basically. The number of transactions they're going to do, the amount of cash flow per month, reoccurring revenue they're going to have at that point, 
having done those transactions the amount of chunks of cash they're going to have made so if you flip a property and make 30k that's very different to having keeping the property and having 200 quid a month coming in the equity that you control so either if you've, if you've bought a property that's worth 200 for 150 then you've got 50 grand equity if you've exchanged contracts on a property that's worth 500 but you've exchanged at 400 then you control 100k equity and then finally the income that's that you're going to pay yourself so those are the five categories number of transactions cash flow a month chunks of cash equity controlled and the income that you pay to yourself and those five goals we use to summarize where you're going it's a really effective way of, of summarizing where you're going and then you can work out well, what strategies do i need to do if i want to control loads of equity then you're going to use some strategies if you want to earn loads of chunks of cash because you've quit your job and you want to replace a six-figure income then you're probably not going to achieve that just by owning property in the next 12 months you're probably going to have to flip some property so you're probably going to have some strategies that are going to bring in investors so that you can earn some chunks of cash we were looking at the business funnel we call it a business funnel because you start with marketing at the top and then you do strategies and then you end up with your five results at the bottom those five goals i've just talked about and she was very honest she'd done none of the activity that was on her business funnel so she hadn't delivered the number of leaflets that she committed to doing she'd not um, done the marketing in publications that she committed to doing and she hadn't been to see the number of estate agents that she'd committed to doing there were only three strategies on there and my point to her which i'm going to share with you now is there's no point worrying about thinking about considering the environment so what's going to happen with interest rates what's going to happen with inflation what's going to happen with legislation what's going to happen with what's going to happen with what's going to happen with it's pointless if you're taking no activity this could be the best time in the history of the world for investing in property but it doesn't matter one bit because if you take no action, you're going to have no no deals. You're not going to have any vendors to speak to. And so I think it's really easy, especially with the media, to be binary. It's good or it's bad because that's what the, the media does. The media polarizes. It's the best thing in the world. It's the highest inflation we've ever had. Or, oh, it's terrible. We're in recession worst recession we've ever had is it's very very it's very easy to get sucked into that binary polarized way of looking at the world but actually throughout the last 16 years i've just plodded along really and i, I say that in, in all honesty i don't think i've s smashed any records i've just each year bought a few properties sold a few well, in fact, every single year, I think I'm right in saying every single year I've bought more than I've sold. Generally, I've probably bought five or six and sold one or two. That's been my general um, approach for the last 16 years. Now, there have been some unusual years where I've bought some bigger stuff. I've bought some commercial stuff. I've bought some blocks of flats and stuff. But generally, that's what I've done. So nothing particularly spectacular. In fact, Jim Collins says this in... Um, good to great uh, the author of good to great and he, he says this i'm not sure he said it in that book but he has said it since and that is that there's no aha moment when you look at amazing ceos they're not a rubbish ceo rubbish ceo rubbish ceo and then they wake up one day and they're incredible he likens it to an egg 
And if you watch an egg, I want to say that a chick egg is 21 days and I think a duck egg is 28 days. And the funny thing is you can put chick eggs under a duck and you can put duck eggs under a chick and they'll look after them. The chicken will look after the duck eggs and incubate them and they'll hatch and treat them like their own and the duck will do the same with the chick. But what you can't do is mix them because the mother won't sit on the duck eggs for a week longer if she's already got chicks hatched she'll assume that they've died isn't that clever very very clever you watch the egg the chick egg for 21 days and nothing happens and then a chick emerges it cracks and it opens up and this chick comes out it's like wow that's amazing aha now what caused that aha moment you know the ceo becoming amazing or the property investor doing a massive deal And what Jim Collins says is, it wasn't an aha moment. It looks like it, but actually the hard work was done over the last month. The hard work was the 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 cockerel inseminating the egg the egg then being incubated and it was a gradual process of change that led to the egg cracking and the and the chick emerging and that's so so true and so my suggestion to our member yesterday but also to to you guys out there who aren't taking action is just start taking action don't worry about the environment there is no good time to invest and no bad time to invest with rising interest rates with buyers scared to invest with the cost of living increasing there will definitely be more motivated vendors over the next two years I have no doubt about that. However, because finance is harder to get, it will be harder to buy those properties. And so it's yin and yang, isn't it? There's no there's no better or worse. There just is. But it doesn't change the fact that you need to take action. So that was one of my highlights from yesterday. And I think that's so valuable that you just have to take action. What you do is a million times more important than what is around you than, than your environment. The second thing, and this is really interesting, is we, we do a deal surgery every single time we meet. So every Monday morning, every monthly training day. And so we had a few questions yesterday in the deal surgery. One of the guys has had a telephone fact find with a vendor. The vendor valued the property at £475,000 and had agreed on the phone. So the partner said, well, based on your, we followed the system, based on your valuation of £475,000, I'm able to pay up to 75% of that. And I haven't got a calculator in front of me, but I think that's like, 350 360 and so the vendor said oh i need a bit more than that i was hoping for more like 400 and his question is a really good question and this is where the the value of having a mentor that you can speak to every single day who's been there and done that is so valuable being in a community where everyone can you know collectively share their experiences and their intelligence we call it we call it the collective iq that's really important because we could all in the room give our give our thoughts and and my perspective on that was because he was saying should i go out and do a help visit the vendor's not said yes we're 40 50k off what my 75 percent offer is can we make this work should i go out and see the vendor or do i need to try and find a jv partner to put in the extra 50k or do i walk away and it's a really good question really really sensible question my advice was the vendor has put their hand up and said they are motivated no one 
says I'm willing to accept 75 grand off my 500 grand house unless they're motivated. That's not 10 grand off a 500 grand house. 75 grand off a 475 grand house is massive. They're motivated. The other part of it is the chance of you buying that house and refinancing it and it ending up being no money down is quite slim because the amount that mortgage lenders are currently willing to lend based on interest rates and rental cover because they don't just look at the value of the property they look at the rent that you can achieve i know without even knowing the rent that that's going to be quite tight so even though you've offered 350 let's say you might only be able to refinance and get 300 and so you're probably going to leave a big chunk of money in anyway and so the likelihood is you're not going to buy this in a traditional manner and Um, refinance your money out and and make it no money left in the likelihood is you're going to do this in a sophisticated manner and I said at this stage you don't know enough about the vendor why they're selling he's asked the question and they want to sell and then move into a bungalow the current property is unencumbered the next ones uh, they want it to be unencumbered or they're expecting it to be unencumbered and I said okay so there's literally hundreds of ways we can help then in this situation but all you need to do before you go and do a help visit is establish that they are motivated and this vendor is significantly motivated and so my advice to the partner was just go out and do the help visit and in that help visit look at control now pay later strategies whether that's vendor finance, whether that's exchange of delay completion, taking a lease option on the property, whether it's uh, one of the suggestions, because he said, well, what if she needs the 400 though to buy her next property? Unless I give her 400 now, she can't buy the next property. And I said, well, actually, there's the opportunity to buy that property, the the one she's selling. And let's just say you can get 300,000 lending on that. So you could buy that one and refinance it and have 300k lending to give her. And then you could buy the one she wants for 400, refinance that one and give her 300 lending on that one um or 200 lending on that one or, or whatever whatever you can. And that would give her the combined total of 400. So there's there's ways of doing this. But what I was saying to this particular partner was it's too early to try and work out the solution. The likelihood is it's going to be a control now, pay later strategy, not a buy now at BMV strategy. So just go and meet her. And then when you're with her, work out the solution. And if you can't work it out when you're with her because it's too complicated, then come away, speak to us. We'll help you structure the deal. Then you can go back and sign her up on the deal. And that ties into the first novice members situation. This partner's taking action. And because he's taking action... He's getting results. He's got a motivated vendor. Now, he was trying to then structure the deal before he even goes there. Do I need a JV partner? Well, my my advice on that was, I have no idea. But if you can do a no money down deal on your own. So I'm not saying that this would work, given the woman's situation. But we don't know if it would. What about we just buy the property at £400,000 and we borrow £400,000 from her? So basically, no money changes hands. We just give her first charge on the property for 400k. We have just bought a 475,000 pound house for 400,000 pounds. So long as that interest rate is low enough, by the way, I often do this at 0% interest and just have a 100% repayment mortgage with them. It doesn't matter what you pay for it. 
you could pay 600 or 700 for it. It doesn't matter because it's no money down. So long as the term of the loan is long enough, you make it cash flow positive with reference to the rent. So if the rent is a thousand pound a month, that would be low. You might give her 500 a month in repayment of that 400 grand. If the rent is two grand a month, you might give her a grand a month or even 1500 a month. It depends on what you negotiate in repayment of that 400 grand. That is a no money down deal that you can do all on your own. So you don't need a JV partner. In fact, it'd be really simple and you could probably complete on that deal within 14 days. It'd be really simple because you wouldn't need any searches. You wouldn't need to apply for any finance. It'd be really simple. Now, those of you that are paying attention, you might think, yeah, but then the woman can't go and buy the next house for 400K. Or can she? And my point is we have no idea because we don't know the woman. She could have half a million quid in the bank. She only knows that you can sell a house at full market value and take the money from it. She doesn't know that you can sell a house and not take the money. She might value a grand a month far more than having 400K in the bank. And so my first point is you have to take action regardless of the environment. My second point is by taking action, those opportunities arise and then you can start to capitalize on them. And that's when you need to pay attention to the environment because how you do your deals, how you structure your deals, you need to recession proof your deals at the moment. Really, really important. So you have to do deals that if house, house prices drop by 10, 15%, you're still fine. If interest rates go up, to five ten percent that you're still fine now the bank of england forecasts the governor of the bank of england has, has issued some forecasts they've actually got quite a lot better recently so they're now talking about and there's no guarantees guys like i'm expecting the property market to cool significantly and prices to if not drop at least soften but we've got a budget next week yeah, budget next week or this week. We've got a budget soon. <laughs> it depends when this episode goes out as well. And um, in that budget, the Chancellor, now this is unlikely, but the Chancellor could come out with, oh, we're doing away with stamp duty for another year. Well, that would put a massive injection into the property market. And you think, oh, that's unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely, but it's possible. Or they could come out with um, capital gains tax is um, going up or the allowance for capital gains tax is being taken away on the 1st of January. Now everyone's trying to sell their houses really quickly. Capital gains tax is being imposed on principal primary residences from 1st of January 24th. That would put a massive injection of property onto the market because people would be selling their big houses to buy small houses before they get taxed on that gain. Imagine how many people have got masses of capital gains in their um, personal name that they live in, so they're not expecting to pay capital gains. And you go, oh, that's, you know, that's ridiculous, Frank. Yes, yeah, so was furlough. <laughs> There's a lot of things that have happened. So uh, were interest rates at 0.1%. So my highlights from yesterday's session are, yes, we're in a changing environment. Yes, in, mortgages are going to get harder to get and more expensive but motivated vendors are going to become more numerous there's going to be more of them and they're going to be more motivated so each vendor is going to be more motivated because there aren't as many buyers and it's harder for them to sell but also because the pressures on them are much higher we also considered the possibility yesterday that legislation could worsen and i think that's a good point uh, one of the partners brought up that there is a review of 
the housing benefit rates next year. It's scheduled for next year, which the last time they did that was in 2017 and they shot up. So the amount of rent that could be paid for someone on LHA was really increased, massively increased. And it's five years on now. So that's that's happening again next year. And rents have gone through the roof and it's pegged to market rents. So that could be huge for people on benefits in their portfolios. But here's the thing. So you sometimes get perfectionists who then say, oh, well, I'll go do that. I'll go buy houses for people on benefits. No, that is, that's, a, that's a knee-jerk reaction. What if it doesn't happen? Or what if the review takes away the link to market rent? Or what if it gets delayed by four years? There's no magic bullet in property. It's why I'm so diverse. We're offering at the moment on a church. There's a church which has a church and a church building. And because of the use that I have for that church, I'm actually paying market value for it. It's a Dutch auction and I'm trying to work out how high I need to go in order to win the auction. That's crazy. I've not paid market value for a property and that will just be a straightforward purchase. As in, we'll put in the deposit, we'll get commercial finance. I think commercial finance on that is 65%. So we'll be putting in a 35% deposit. And amazingly, here's a here's a, here's a, a bit of a shock for you. It certainly made my eyes water. To fix that rate for three years, to fix that commercial rate for three years, they want 9.26%. Isn't that incredible? 9.26%. But because of the use we have for that, so we're putting one of our martial arts schools in there we put our coventry martial arts school it's grown to the extent we've had it four months now it's grown to the extent that it's more economical to move it into an owned building rather than the sports center where we hire it at uh, the moment we'll actually we will pay slightly more each month because we've got rates etc but because we have every night of the week and more and a saturday morning then um we will make far more money from it and it's a repayment mortgage so we'll be paying off a mortgage well we won't be our students our martial arts students will be paying it off and so we're looking to buy at the moment that that church whether or not we um whether or not we win the auction is um well we, we will see if we win that auction but my point is it's the right time for me to invest in in that building um, or in a building where we can run our martial arts school so we're just going to go and invest i'm not thinking all oh, the price of commercial property might drop next year. Yeah, it might do. But I'll be buying more commercial property next year. So that's I'll just keep buying them. I'll buy one now and I'll buy one next quarter, probably one a quarter actually for the next year or two, assuming that our projections for growth of schools in, uh, are accurate. And so the key is to absolutely pay attention to what might change, like getting um, personal finance investors so getting individual finance investors is going to be harder no doubt about it because they can get best part of five percent now if they lock their money in for two or three years and that money will be protected by the 85 grand insurance that all banks have so those investors lending money to you where you can't provide that insurance is going to be harder they're probably going to want more security That's fair enough. And they're going to want a higher interest rate. How much higher do you need to go than 5% to give them an attractive enough offer that they want to lend money to you rather than um, 
put it really safely in a in a bank with a name they know where they can walk into a branch and and take their money out etc so yeah that's going to get harder but what one of the partners said yesterday was yeah but the deals we can get are, are going to be a lot better so if we don't buy it 75% if we buy it 65% or 60% then we could give some of that increased deal or give some of that discount to the investors which is absolutely right so you can give five percent to the investors and then you can give them a slice of the pie so when this sells i'll give you five percent of the profit i'll give you twenty percent of the profit etc which is a really good point so my overriding takeaway from those discussions which is generally my advice anyway is take action take consistent focused action towards your goals and the key there is if you don't have goals, I, I had a folder for everyone in the room, a folder for every single member and partner in the room with their goals on it in case they didn't know their goals, in case they wanted to check anything on their business funnel. And that is so valuable just to know where you're going, but also to have a mentor who knows where you're going, who can support you on that journey. And yes, the environment's going to change, but the environment's always changing. It's a bit like going to the gym. Loads of people start going to the gym in January because all the unhealthy eating has happened. So people now will be thinking, oh, I'll join a gym in January. Why? Why wait till January? You know, people do dry January. Why do that in January? Oh, well, it's because, you know, December, I want to eat a load and I'm going to drink a load. So there's no point trying to lose weight. And my argument is, I get that you want to let your hair down in December. I certainly will be. I get that you might want to eat some junk and you might want to drink some booze. But why not start going to the gym now and increase your muscle mass and increase your fitness and get fitter? And why not start eating healthily now and reduce your your alcohol consumption a bit now and and improve your diet now and be in really good shape in December? Because we're in the middle of November. That's six weeks of eating junk and, and getting into really poor shape. It's just going to set you further back for January. But what if you were really fit and you kept training through Christmas and you still ate the junk you wanted to eat, but you'd had six or five weeks of healthy eating beforehand and you still drink the drink you want to drink, but actually your tolerance is a bit lower so you don't drink quite as much, even though you allow yourself to drink whatever you want. And then you go to the gym where well, you've been going to the gym throughout. But when you get to the gym on the 10th of Jan, you're in actually pretty good shape and you're body fat's probably a, a few percent lower than it, it would be if you just done nothing for six weeks it's that principle of kaizen constant and never-ending improvement laser focus on your goals and if you are laser focused on your goals then you'll be successful until next time guys happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment